0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers
0: When I get about two seconds to sit down, that's when I'm, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go, God, how about this one? hey man alive. It's always just a little bit awkward when Pat puts it up like that, man, because
2: it just, you know you're open, but you don't know how open you are. I mean, Our goal from the beginning of the season was to win the Super Bowl, not to get to. The way it ended, you know, it doesn't sit right with me, how chippy and ticky-tacky got, and, um, and I'm disappointed in myself.
0: It's just hard to have a lot to say about something that you were not prepared for. Getting to the
1: Super Bowl wasn't what our goal is. Our goal is to win it.
0: You know, now home Super Bowl for the first time in NFL history, I think, puts a lot of cool things in perspective. It's a grind just to get to this point. And that makes the finality of it all kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. That's why it's a gutting feeling in your stomach.
1: Oh, it's a Monday. It's Pro Football Talk Live, and we know the Super Bowl participants. And the first game was awesome. The second game was pretty good. It paled in comparison to the first game. Right. I'll take them both. It was a fun day. And by the way, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be hosting a Super Bowl and playing in it for the first time ever. Chris, do you recall that if the Rams stadium, Rams Chargers Stadium, had been completed on time, it would not be a Tampa Bay Super Bowl. So, right. But for Reigns, that delayed that stadium by a year. The streak would continue, and it would be Chiefs and Buccaneers in Los Angeles. Instead, it's Chiefs, Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Give me a big-picture thought on the first game that we saw Bucks over the Packers 31 26.
2: Well, like, all right, first off, I, I, I do want to just like this uh, the stars aligned. I mean, just like that, what you're talking about right there. Brady, I mean, everything, the way the season shook out, the roller coaster ride. I mean, it's amazing, first off, what they've done. That's amazing. Tom Brady's amazing. He's 10 years in the Super Bowl. That's insane. I mean, I don't even know. You can't even quantify that. That's unreal. And then I do want to just say this, Mike, before I give a big picture of the game. Just like congratulations to Tampa Bay. Seriously. I, they have a special place in my heart, the Glazier family. They, do, they try to do everything right. They're great owners. It's a great football city, so I'm happy to see that. I really am. Big picture. Hey Jaworski. Hey Jaworski. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Jaworski. Yeah. You're
1: not getting a ring if they win. I know, okay? man. I, I know. Don't 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 try. No. It's too late now.
2: I just want a picture in like the 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 medical room is like the toughest sob on in franchise history or something <laughs> like that. That's all I'm asking for. But other than that, big picture of the game, Mike. I, I think the thing that I'll always come back to the Buccaneers, the size, the physicality of the game, all the big hits, all the must win-type moments, Tampa won throughout the game on both sides of the ball. And I know we're going to unpack them all, but there was many crazy situations. And I think my big picture in the game would be this, Mike. Really, it comes down to the two quarterbacks. We know this. It's one quarterback who's got to play perfect for his team to win. And another quarterback, you know, it's a microcosm of these guys' careers. Doesn't have to play perfect. Doesn't even necessarily have to play great or good. And they can still win. Um, so that jumps out to me as a as a big picture thought of the game as well,
1: and one coach who trusts his
2: quarterback to get it done apparently. when the
1: opportunity is there, and another one who apparently does not, and that's going to be one of the big themes of the day and one of the things to unpack. Let's flip it over to the late game. Big picture takeaway from the well, let's well, we're talking Bucks Packers. We'll talk about Chiefs Bills okay. later. All right. The the, uh, the and there is so much. To ponder here and you know it could have been one of the great playoff comebacks of all time not quite bills Oilers from 28 years ago but down 18 points early third quarter when it felt like it was over it was done. That's when it all started to swing Green Bay's way. And I would have bet at some point, mid, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, they're going to pull it off. It's over. The Bucs had their chance. That's it. You can't have interceptions on three straight possessions, Tom Brady, and expect to fend off this Packers team and Aaron Rodgers. And that what's makes what makes, to me, the ability of the Buccaneers to hold on and win the game even more impressive, because they had to hold on with everything they had, because Brady all of a sudden wasn't getting it done for him. The defense had to step
2: up and preserve what ultimately was a 5-point victory. Well, I think that's exactly what it was. And that's why they're going to the Super Bowl. They're a complete team. That they don't rely on one guy all the time. And there's another team that has to rely on a one guy to really put pressure on the other team. It's their 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 biggest, you know, piece in the, in the chess game. But Tampa, yes. You know, th- their defense was the difference in the football game yesterday. I mean, of course we know about the interception, but just so many big moments. You know, there, like you're talking about, the game's 28-23. The Packers got the ball two times with a chance to go take the lead. And, you know, within that, couldn't do it. And the big reason was because of that Buccaneers defensive line. They all day were over all over Rodgers pressuring him, whether it was just a four-man rush or a five-man rush. They won that battle up there, and it was just a great total team win for Tampa Bay altogether.
1: It started early on the first drive. They sacked Aaron Rodgers, ended up with five sacks, three for Shaq Barrett, two for Jason Pierre-Paul. And you typically don't see Aaron Rodgers get knocked around like that. But it did come down to a critical decision that, that followed a critical third down play when it was 31-23. to Yeah. The Packers driving. They had the ball third and eight. And it was a pass thrown by Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams at right. a time when many thought he could have run. But, right. but one of the reasons he didn't run is he thought they had two downs, not one down to score. He thought they were going to go for the touchdown, not the field goal. Let's let's hear a mashup of of some of the folks who were on the field and or a key person on the sideline in Matt LaFleur making the decision to call for the field goal unit when it was 31-23, fourth and eight, and the, uh, the, the Packers could have scored – with a two-pointer and forced overtime. Here they are.
0: I was pretty surprised just based on how the team, uh, how the game went. I mean, I felt like there was multiple plays throughout the course of the game that they were letting us play. Man, I haven't seen a replay, but from what I was told, there was a tug there, whether the the ball was catchable or not. I mean, I think that always goes into it, but bottom line, the official made the call, and that's what it is.
1: that's not the right sound um but, but that's okay well, we'll, we'll get there we'll, no. we'll get there that's let's about do, the controversial let's do it us we'll talk right, about that later yeah. let's no let's 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 get back to what we're talking about the okay. decision to kick the field goal instead of going for the touchdown fourth and goal here it is yeah
0: it was just uh the circumstances of having three shots and coming away with no yards um and knowing that you not only need the touchdown, but you'd need the two-point. So the way I was looking at it was we essentially had four timeouts with the two-minute warning, and, you know, we, we knew we needed to get a stop, and I thought we were going to have a stop there at the end, but, you know, they, we got called for, for the P.I., P. Um, and it didn't work out. So I think anytime something doesn't work out, do you regret it? Sure, but we're always going to be po- process driven here. And the way our defense was battling, the way our defense was playing, we felt like it was the right decision to do. And uh, it just didn't work out. I understand the thinking above two minutes with uh, all of our timeouts. But yeah, it wasn't my decision.
2: I couldn't believe it, honestly, because there's no guarantee that they're going to make it back down there again, even if they was on fourth down, they might as well- Try, but uh, I know uh, offense pretty they've been amazing in four minute offense this year, not giving the team back the ball. So I had all the utmost confidence in them, but uh, I know they if he could take it back, he probably <laughs> wouldn't do that next time. But I appreciate it, offense did their job, we did our job, and we came up with the win.
1: This is where the rubber meets the road when we look at things from an analytical standpoint. The idea that there were the three timeouts plus the two-minute warning. The idea that all we needed was a stop. We're down 31-26. We get the ball back. We go down and have a game-winning touchdown. Don't need a two-point conversion to force overtime. I understand all that in the abstract. If we're having the philosophical conversation about how to manage a game, I understand it. Don't necessarily agree with it. But I understand it. Yeah, right. What causes me to make my final decision is understanding that wait, who do I have on fourth and goal from the eight? I have Aaron Rodgers. Okay, check mark in favor of going for it. And who's on the other team? That's right. If we kick the field goal and give them the ball and all they need is a first down or two, it's Tom Brady. Okay, another check mark. I'm going for it right. on fourth and goal. I'm winning the game with the ball in my guy's hands and not trying to win the game. With the ball in their guys' hands, when it's the battle of goats, right? When it's the two best who ever played, that's the easy decision. And I think that's one of the reasons why, and Aaron Rodgers chose his words very carefully, and he said more about the play yeah. than just what we played. Right. He 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 look, he's being a good soldier here. It's not his decision. But he said the reason he threw the ball on third and goal is he thought he had another play. Right. He didn't even consider the possibility. At, at that point in the game, with a little over
2: two minutes left
1: that they were going to kick a field goal down eight points. Who does that, especially
2: with those two quarterbacks involved? Well, we know who does. Matt LaFleur does. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the, that, that was the game. I mean, the, you know, hey, I know that the offense had been somewhat successful in the second half, but it you know, had not been successful really for a long period of time until that drive right there to get them down there in that position. You know, there's you're, you're, no guarantee. Like Shaq Barrett just said, there's no guarantee they're going to get the ball back and drive down again. I mean, we saw a lot of stale parts of the the game for that Green Bay offense. But ultimately, Mike, I mean, I think it just comes down to what you said. It, it's fourth and eight. You know, you're you're there. For one reason, and he said it later on in a press conference, the heart and soul of our team is Aaron Rodgers. You're there for one reason. You're in that game for one reason. You go down swinging with your best punch. That's what you do. He's your man, okay? We can talk about him scrambling or shouldn't have run on third down, whatever. that. We'll talk about that in a second. But either way, that's my thought there, and I think you you laid it out perfectly. Yes, we have Aaron Rodgers. Check. Wait. Wait. They have another guy who, hold on, oh, that's right, has been closing games out for 20 years. Let's check and not see that happen. Uh, that's where, you know, uh, I, I, it's wrong. That's where it's wrong. There's no other way to say it. It's not egregiously wrong. The things and the way he explained it, he is correct. The defense was playing well and all those things. I mean, there's nothing wrong with what he said. But I think at the end of the day, it's still a decision that he's going to look back and go, man, I should have gave my best player the ball and the biggest play of the game and see if he could have won the game or at least tied the game for us.
1: Aaron Rodgers has an 80% success rate in the red zone, one of the best of all time. And Rodgers at one point explained, because they asked him, because we've seen, and I think back to the Baltimore at Seattle game from last year when Lamar Jackson kind kind of asserted himself and it was a fourth down. And remember, he's doing this to John yeah, Harbaugh right. and the field goal team. And they asked Aaron Rodgers about it. And he was like, well, I look over and I see these five big guys coming out and there's too many things happening mechanically. I, I, and, and, and look, I know Aaron Rodgers is your guy. And I, I agree with you. He's one of the greats of all time. But I think about that moment. Like, do is that a moment where you assert yourself if you're one of the all-time greats? Does Tom Brady say, get to the sideline? Does Peyton Manning say, get to the sideline? That was an opportunity Aaron Rodgers to assert himself and he didn't he he's a good soldier he stays within the lines but I you know again I'm not for not doing it because because
2: it's it's difficult to do it it's difficult to do it but we've seen guys do that I we have and and we've seen him do it we've seen I think he he explained it just the right way though like I think if he sees the head coach over there kind of hemming and hawing right like oh I don't know what to do he's gonna go come on go for it are you crazy but he throws the pass, he looks back over, and the field goal unit's running on the field, right? So now they're not going to be like, "Hey, hold on, hold on, and then waste a time out and do all that stuff. So that's where he was stuck. I think he was giving you a total honest answer there. And we're talking about a guy who, come on. I mean, we, all we've talked about his whole career is he's, he always says what he wants. He always tells them what he wants to do. It's all about Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I, I think he would have done that if they just, I think the situation wasn't right. And he felt like it was a little unorganized and it wouldn't be right for him to say, hold on, wait, leave me out here. You guys run back off. I think it was just discombobulated that way. They still had three timeouts
1: and the two minute warning. Yeah. If they had burned one to get it right in that moment. And, and look, we haven't t- talked about this yet, but if you go for it and you don't make it, The Buccaneers are pinned. They're backed up, right. Inside the 10. You got a better chance of getting the ball back in that setting. Are they going to take chances? And maybe they will. Maybe that's what Matt LaFleur is thinking. We're going to give these guys the ball on the eight-yard line, and they're just going to. But see, that same logic applies if you kick off to them. Like They're still going to no risk it, no biscuit. They're still going to throw it on third down. They're still going to try to deliver the dagger, whether they have the ball on the 8, up 8, or on the 25, up 5. It doesn't matter. They're still going to be who they are, and that needs to get factored into it. I would love to be able to peel back the curtain and understand – how the decision was made, how much thought was put into it, how much planning was put into it, who was talking to Matt LaFleur about this. Because I don't even know. I haven't, you know, from an analytics standpoint, you could make the argument that, that it's it's you go for it. I mean, how many times? It seems like any time we fall back on an analytics-based argument, it is you go for it on fourth down, right? That's it. Well, analytics I've go for I've never heard I, I, I
2: otherwise. It. I've never heard otherwise. That's my problem with it. I've, I've never heard you don't go for it. I've never.
1: But in But in this case, I understand why you wouldn't. You- if their quarterback was Jameis Winston, not Tom Brady. I understand it completely, but it's Tom Brady. We had seen him convert third downs all day long. He was converting third down after he thrives in that moment. So you're going to take a guy – who has played now 44 postseason games, 44 single elimination games in his career. Yeah, More games than most players ever get in in the NFL when you look at the full scope of the guys drafted and signed as free agents. Guys don't play in 44 games in the regular season. He's played in 44 in the postseason. He lives for that moment. He loves that moment. You're giving him the ball back up 5 and so, yeah, yeah ten timeouts.
2: Who cares? Well, I, I okay, I, I hear you, Mike, and you know, to, you're you're laying it out here perfectly too. Because where I just want to go, you know, that that kind of talks to what Matt Lafleur's logic was as well. Like I want to be like, no, Matt, you know, yeah, the, the you guys got three turnovers in a row. It wasn't like dominant defense. It was just three bad throws by Tom Brady. They were open. They were moving the ball. If he throws the ball down the middle to Mike Evans, he's wide open. They're going to have the ball at the four-yard line. They're going to score a touchdown. The game's going to be over. So they weren't just like, oh, look at They're stopping him. Nobody's open. Come on. Brady fell down and and, and then off his back foot and threw a ball when nobody touched him for an interception. He missed Mike Evans down the middle wide open. It barely went off his fingertips. Uh, So, you know, that speaks to what you're saying, too nonetheless, that the defense wasn't that dominant, and that Brady was still going to be able to make the play when he needed to and wanted to. He wasn't going to be rattled by the three interceptions. You know, and to me, Mike, that's the big thing of the game. It's we saw one team that from the get-go was throwing their body around, physical, was, you know, shining under the bright lights of the NFC Championship game. We're going, we're attacking, and we had another team that was a little bit like hesitant. I don't know what else to say. Bruce Arians' team, the culture around it is more for these type of football games than we're seeing, you know, the Matt LaFleur, hey, we have to execute perfectly and Aaron Rodgers has to execute perfectly or we can't win the football game type attitude. And the 49ers and the Buccaneers two years in a row showed you, no, this game's about emotion and physicality and it just can't be about one guy having to play perfect to win your game. There's got to be more to it. And, uh, I think that's one thing to just look at for the overall mantra of the game that the Buccaneers brought to it that the the, Buc- uh, that the Packers didn't have.
1: And that's a great point. No risk it, no biscuit may not get you there. But if you get there, oh, they're loose. no they're risk it, no
2: biscuit is going to help you tremendously. Right. Yeah, I, I, I do believe so. You know, I, I, it's, it's there's certain things about certain coaches where, yeah, he's just fearless. You know, what what do you say the identity of his team was last week? We're some bad mofos or whatever the hell he was? Like, that's all it was. Yeah, great. We're going to go to Green Bay. We're going to kick their butt. They don't doubt that, you know, and so there is something to that and uh, a toughness and everything about the Buccaneers yesterday that was very impressive. And, of course, that goes to Bruce Arians and Brady and everybody involved.
1: And Tom Brady did have three interceptions. They all were his fault. You may not have gleaned that from watching the game. They all were his fault. We're allowed to say that. He's not going to come What's to your deal house with that? and beat you up. Right. He's not going to send you a nasty text message. And if he does – You respond by saying, hey, Tom, they were your fault. You won the game. Congratulations. All three of those interceptions were your fault. The first one was sailed long enough for Adrian Amos to run over and pick it off. There wasn't even double coverage. He didn't throw into double coverage. It became double coverage because the ball was sailed for so long. The second one was a high ball to Mike Evans that he tried to catch. It looked like it was his fault. It was tipped. It was intercepted. And the third one was Darnell Savage on a blitz. And, and Tom Brady just fired it up into the air, and he hung it up long enough for, for J.R. Alexander to make a play on the ball. And Mike Evans was wondering where the hell's the footballs. They, they were all his fault. He's had four playoff games now with three interceptions, and he's 3-1 in those That's games crazy. That's where great. he's thrown three interceptions, which tells you it helps to have a good team around you, right. and it helps to forget about it. That's the key. Yep. You forget about it. And so, you know, Matt LaFleur may have thought, hey, we're going to get interception number four. Well, Brady's never thrown four interceptions in a playoff game. And no, season's on the line. Game's on the line. Right. Legacy's on the line. And even though he didn't throw a completed pass, he drew the pass interference penalty. We played the sound earlier of Matt LaFleur talking about the call. And uh, look, here's here's the problem most people have. Because I don't think there's any dispute. That there was pass interference. Anytime no doubt. you see, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, a large jersey become an XL by virtue of the tug on Tyler Johnson right. as he tried to get to the football, that's pass interference. The argument is they weren't calling the game tight all game long. Why are they throwing the flag in the moment where? You know, in past years, we'd say this is where you tuck the flag deeper in the pocket. Look at that. Look at that, church. No, that's not fast interference. But, Chris, what do you say to the argument that they'd been letting –
2: Things go all day. They should have let it go in that. Spot. Well, I mean, l- listen, they did let it go all day. It's, it's one of my things and my pet peeves with playoff football. It, it, all of a sudden, the refereeing style changes. And now offenses don't know what to expect because they're like, wait, well, all of a sudden we're allowed to hold and hit every play. I didn't we weren't allowed to do this for 17 weeks. So that's a confusing thing regardless. Uh, but regardless of that, the game, I, I appreciate that they let people play and do those things. Uh, My thought here, Mike, is that was a hair too egregious just to tuck your flag away. You know, again, if it was a little just holding and grabbing and maybe a little pull down of the shoulder and things like that. okay, yeah, that's been going on all game long. There's no doubt. You know, and there was there was plenty of of, of plays where we could have called pass interference. But this to me in that moment just goes above and beyond the little bit of like hand fighting, pulling, pushing, touching that type of stuff. This is a true, wait, I've pulled you down to slow you down, change the course you're on, and made myself faster in the process as well to make a play on the football. Uh, I have no problem with the call. It shouldn't have gotten there to that point anyways, like we've talked about. And Kevin King had a very, very rough day altogether, let alone just that play.
1: Two more points on the call. One, I don't agree with. I saw someone saying, well, I got a problem with the fact that they waited so long to throw the flag like they waited to see if the ball was actually caught. Well, who cares? Interference is interference. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to dig the flag out of your pocket and throw it. If you think it's interference, it's interference. That's There's right. no statute of limitations yep. other than you know the next play. I think you probably have to throw the flag before the next play. And there is a point where it becomes painfully awkward if you wait 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds. But I don't have a problem with that. What about the issue in... Aaron Rodgers talked about this and expressing his opinion. It was a bad call. He thought the ball was uncatchable. Now, sometimes uncatchable is skewed by the fact that the player was impaired from his ability to try to catch it. So it makes it look uncatchable. Do you think it was uncatchable?
2: You know, I'd like to watch it again and really get a look out of it like a coach's film. It was close to that. It was close. I understand what they're arguing, you know, but at the same time, he's throwing a touch ball where he thinks a guy's running in one certain direction and, like you just said, is pulled in another direction altogether to where he can't adjust his body or even get close to make it look like or, you know, catchable. That, that, that's really the only way to say it. So I, I don't know yet. I'd like to watch it a few more times, but I, I felt like just in real time that it was the right call, and when I saw the replay, I went, man, they, they haven't been calling this all day, but this is – you know, too egregious just to let go with a guy's arm totally extended and then all he can barely do is grab the guy's T-shirt that's hanging out underneath his jersey and now that's extended another few feet. Like, come on, that's that's pass interference and that was as bad as any we saw all day. That wasn't just the normal things we saw let go throughout the game.
1: And, and look, I don't want to try to rewrite the rule book on the fly, but I feel like there's a gap there. When it is uncatchable, and it's not pass interference, but you have an egregious hold like that. I know that holding goes off once the ball's in the air. And in theory, if the ball's uncatchable, you can hold, grab, tug, pull the guy down, lay him out. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't hit him improperly because he's defenseless, but if it's uncatchable, all bets are off. I just feel like something like that, like there should be a rule against it, even if it's uncatchable, because you clearly held the guy. You clearly you clearly restricted his movement at a time when he's trying to go get the football but regardless it was pass interference the drive extended the buccaneers were able to put the game away and now tom brady becomes the fourth quarterback to reach a super bowl with multiple teams and uh he's going to get a chance it's to, incredible. to to win a a seventh and a first with an nfc team um people were you know people making all kind of observations last night including that Brady has won as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the kind of stuff you're going to hear in the aftermath of yeah. something like this. And and you have to wonder, number one, how Rodgers is feeling. We're going to talk about that coming up. But h- how is Brady feeling right now? When you consider, you know, he made the bet. Now, he picked the destination. It was the perfect spot for him. If yep. he'd have stayed in New England maybe they don't make the playoffs, right? And if they do, they're not going to get very far. They're not playing the Chiefs yesterday if they make the playoffs. They don't have enough people around him. He found a spot where he had enough around him, offensive and defensive, to get to where he wanted to be, That's period. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, it was it was all set up that way. You know, we were looking at destinations, and when you start thinking about the Buccaneers last March, it's like, hey, this makes a ton of sense. Yep. And as unthinkable as it is, to, it's still weird to see his face in front of that logo. I still want to say Patriots when I think of Tom Brady, but... You know, after we see him play in a Super Bowl, that may finally put that to rest.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, he'll always be the Patriots' Tom Brady. There's no doubt about that. But this is un- unreal. I mean, again, to go to two Super Bowls with two different franchises is an a- enormous feat in itself. It really is. Let it go. Let alone, you know, you've gone the nine Super Bowls with one other, and now here's one other team. You squash a lot of the talk of, like, it was only Belichick which, of course, we know it wasn't only Belichick. Yeah, maybe Belichick deserves more of the credit, but Brady's right. You know, Brady was amazing. There's nothing nothing more to be said about that. He is without a doubt, like, the most accomplished quarterback we've ever seen. We've never seen anybody do it as good as he has consistently as good as long as he has. There's no arguing that. Yeah, you're not going to hear me say he's the greatest quarterback of all time just because he has the most accomplishments. Sorry. No, I'm not, you know. You know, yesterday, like we talked about, is a microcosm of two guys' careers that kind of just says it all. It just says it all. One guy's got to play perfect. The other guy always has had the ability to go. Ah, it's not all on me. We got. I got other guys that can help me, and that's what stinks for Aaron Rodgers. I felt as about as bad for a professional sports athlete last night, Mike, for Aaron Rodgers, as I have in a long, long time for any sports athlete. I really have. Because I know the chatter that's going to be around him. You laid it out there. you know. But the rela- the reality is he's played in one NFC Championship game where his team was the better team on the field. And a lot of these NFC Championship games they had their the, the year they lose to Atlanta. They're a 6 and 10, 7 and 9 football team. They have Aaron Rodgers, they're great. He can't kick, kick you know, catch the onside kicks. It's just unfortunate. It's the way it is and I I think he's devastated and he should be. And all I kept thinking about sorry why we're on this just last thing. I just kept thinking, man, man, what if one of those first round picks was a corner or like a, oh. or a defensive tackle or of something that might have helped in the game yesterday. A
1: first-round pick and a fourth-round pick last year devoted to the eventual replacement of Aaron Rodgers. And by the NFC Championship game, they would have been going into game number 19. They're not rookies anymore. Now, they could have been injured. They could have not been good. But still, you don't know. You traded in those lottery tickets for a guy who contributes nothing to the game. Now, you you filibustered there for a little bit. Sorry. It's not going to lead me past the point I want to make, I don't know whether it's a Simsism or we need to come up with a different word because sports athlete, like, is there another kind of athlete that I'm not aware of? I don't you even know. You said it like two or three times. I don't even Sports know. athlete. I don't know okay. why I said it. Just I don't know. It's Sims Monday dundancy. morning and I'm
2: foggy. Sorry.
1: Can we call it a Sims dundancy? Sure, I don't know. Sure. We have a new category of the dictionary, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, look, those are all fair points for us to raise and those thoughts surely have rattled around in the very large and able and complicated brain of Aaron Rodgers since late April when that trade was made. A one and a four to move up to get Jordan Love and that one and a four could have come in handy yesterday for the Green Bay Packers. Offensive, defensive, whatever the case may be. And you know, you think about what a comeback it was. And and the Packers were on the other end of one of those six years ago in Seattle. Yeah. When everything was going Green Bay's way, and Seattle came back and they took it. Now, it was in overtime, but the mentality was throw it to the end zone. Be aggressive. And I think that may be what sticks in Aaron Rodgers' craw, because when you consider the background before the decision to kick the field goal on fourth down instead of go for the touchdown— and it started not just when the fumble happened in the early third quarter that made it twenty eight to ten and set the stage for the recovery by the Packers. It was the no risk it, no biscuit, the ultimate Bruce Arians screw it, let's throw it deep to Scotty Miller, who we haven't ran even past hit on that yet. Yeah. Kevin King. Right. And and that was the moment where it felt like the Hakeem Nicks Hail Mary, from the two thousand eleven right. right. divisional round game where it's like it's just not Green Bay's Day. It's just not Green Bay's Day. It's going to be a big Buccaneers win. The question is, how many are they going to win by? And they got the look that they liked. They, they called well, the what play. They is liked this the look.
2: look. What is well, the look? It it looks it's literally is for- like, hey, hey, run by us and try to score a touchdown here, guys. Well. Like there's what, one safety. There's yeah, one safety. Right.
1: I mean, at least it's not Greg Williams blitz everybody, but it, it seems like it's something that comes out of the Greg Williams loser mentality, which is, you know, let's just let the other team run right by us, which is what they ultimately
2: did. Well, like well, why isn't there two safeties back? I, I don't know. Well, exactly. I d I don't know. Why aren't there three? Well, well, well they exactly. did, look, they didn't they, look, they, they they didn't want to
1: give up the quick out. See, this is the perfect spot to throw deep because they're thinking you're gonna to try to get another ten yards right to get, a, to get a closer field goal they're not thinking Scotty Miller's going to run by Kenny King Kevin King excuse me and score a touchdown well uh, they're, not, they're not thinking that
2: apparently I, I don't know obviously why. they weren't I mean, Kevin King's been run by the whole first half <laughs> the whole first half they ran by him the whole first drive was just Kevin King atrocities there was already a dropped in your hands interception by the secondary at that point they weren't playing good why well, yeah we know they want to get you know five yards for more for the field goal whatever you know if I'm if memory serves me correct they did have one timeout still at that point right two right Mike I, I believe they did so is that correct does anybody did I hear you no they out
1: yeah they're out of time okay that made it even more of a risk it for
2: the biscuit it, it actually makes it even dumber for Green Bay like why would you not be playing a two safety defense and be protecting the sideline then why that makes no absolutely no sense. Why would you let them do that? that? That, to me, I mean, we've hit on it. That was just, again, another moment of one team aggressive, shining under the lights, playing loose. We're coming here to win the game and not coming here to not lose it. That was the difference, and that was the mentality and the physicality of the Buccaneers compared to, to Green Bay all day yesterday.
1: And I inadvertently mentioned Kenny King earlier. You may remember him as the guy who held for 16 years the record for the longest touchdown catch in Super Bowl history, an 80-yarder for the Raiders against the Eagles in Super Bowl 15. a record that was broken by Brett Favre to Antonio Freeman, 81 yards in Super Bowl 31. That's mm. a delayed recovery on Good my one. part. But I meant to say, Kevin, I said Kenny. But I remembered Kenny as a star for the Raiders in that Super Bowl win. So, Scotty Miller, a guy who – it seems like every game he's in. Right. Number 1, he barely plays and number 2, he's making a long catch with this kind of fetal position. Like he you never see him lay out, you never see him jump up, you never see him extend his arms. It's this kind of crouching fetal ball comes in and he catches it and rolls. And he's behind somebody every time he does it. And it's always more than 25 yards down the field. Are they going to cover this guy at some point? I would suggest that the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo begin planning now for the inevitable moment when Scotty Miller is going to run behind somebody
2: and catch a 40-yard pass in 13 days. We hit on it last week. We said, you know, we didn't think there was going to be a drop-off between him and Antonio Brown, right? We said, I'm not sure if Antonio Brown can run a go-route and run like Scotty Miller. I mean, it's debatable. As you saw, he can legitimately go. But – you know, the, the, still, the point is, and I mean, I'm, I'm even more like astounded now that I've, I've, you know, processed and wait, there's no timeouts, right? Well, uh, th- that defense is, th- that is a total mismanagement of a situation there. That makes no sense at all. If they have no timeouts, why are we protecting the middle of the field with a middle safety and two linebackers in the middle? Yeah, like you said, Have three safeties deep. Play really deep. Okay. You can challenge the out routes and stop those things. If they throw a ball inbounds, the half is over. I mean, it's over. You've let – you actually played a – they played a defense to allow them to throw the out route or the go route. They actually said, here, wait, did you guys want to stop the clock? We'll we'll play a defense to let you stop it. That's what they did. Crazy. Mistakes like that all day with Green Bay. It's like – Do you think – yeah, I don't know. Do what you think to say. they were trying to bait
1: them into throwing it deep and not take the out route, thinking they wouldn't complete the deep Maybe, pass?
2: Maybe I don't know. I yeah, you're right. Maybe they were thinking, yeah, they'll be aggressive, they'll take a shot, and we'll get out of here, and you know they'll have no time in the clock, or they'll have to kick a fifty-seven-yard field goal. Maybe. Um, but man, the way that secondary played, like to what you mentioned with all the third-down con- conversions. And the way Kevin King looked at that point, I just wouldn't have trusted any of that aspect of my football team at that point.
1: Yeah, look, it was an amazing moment, and and it made, as I mentioned earlier, what the Packers did to get it down to eight points, yes, even more impressive. And when you, oh, God, I, you know, I, look, Matt Lafleur is a great coach. It doesn't diminish what he's accomplished, right? But. It's hard not to be upset as a football fan because that decision deprived all of us of what could have been one hell of a moment. They score on that play. They have the two-point conversion. They score on that. And then we're 31-all heading to overtime in the NFC Championship. Are you kidding me? After an 18-point deficit? Are you kidding me? And uh, it's, not, it's not quite as bad as what the Seahawks had to overcome from Super Bowl 49 but I think Matt LaFleur is going to have some work to do to cuz I think as time goes by it's going to be one of those things where Today, tomorrow, the next day, guys start reflecting, guys gonna, start thinking. Yeah. They're gonna get they're gonna we get blew this. They're gonna like, get we more upset it. about it. Right. They yeah. are.
2: They're gonna look at it in a lot of ways. And not to take anything away from Tampa, they certainly made a lot of their own luck and made a lot of big plays. And with the tougher physical team out there, but man, yeah, Green Bay, as we know, it's a sport that you always self reflect. They're gonna look back at it and go, Wow, did we blow it in a lot of big moments during that football game?
1: All right. uh, Plenty from that game to unpack plenty from the second game to unpack, even though it wasn't nearly as close. It was still the two future goats, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, will break down the Chiefs victory and their their uh, qualification now for a second straight Super Bowl. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: Around any corner within every battle. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: What's sort of just the magnitude of playing a Tom Brady against a game in a game
0: like this? Yeah, I mean the Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. Uh, being able to go up against one of the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback of all time in his. 150th Super Bowl I mean it's going to be a great experience for me I mean to, to go out there and get to get, have a chance to repeat and get to do it against the best I mean it's uh it's something special and I'm excited for the opportunity
1: I think he's saying Tom's old 150th Super Bowl that would be a record Little old. I don't have the record and fact book in front of me but 150 would be a record especially since 10 is a record no one else has more than five and Tom Brady's going to number 10 and this is two already for Patrick Mahomes at age 25 it's and pretty amazing Chris Indulge me for a second yeah. here. I know you and I disagree about the overtime rule. I still believe that the team that kicks off should have a chance to match whatever sure. the team that receives the kickoff does. The rule for a touchdown does not give the team that kicked off that courtesy. They took the Patriots to overtime, and they never touched the ball I know. I know. in overtime. It could be three. And let me just stretch this rubber band a little bit farther because I <laughs> – in 2017, when they were slumping in the middle of the season and we were banging the drum, put in Mahomes, put in Mahomes, put in Mahomes. If Mahomes splashes in 2017 like he did in 2018. Yeah, who knows? We, we could be looking at four in a row. And now the question becomes how many more? I mean, win or lose in 13 days. This team is a machine. And it's not just Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, incredible. Tyree Kill, incredible. You don't. You don't. You don't even get your arms sore. All you gotta do is throw a little pass, and he's got guys twisted and turned around. He Best does it receiver in Every time in the balls are in his hands, it's yeah. incredible.
2: Right. Uh, well, you know that. That's what you love about Kansas City, and that's why we sit here and go, "How long can they do this?" Because they've realized, wait, we have an awesome quarterback, and let's just put amazing talent around him, and therefore his talent even flourishes even more under in, in that environment, and that's what we see. I mean, hey, rough start for the Chiefs yesterday. Oh, shocker. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever been less panicked about a team down 9-nothing in a championship game than yesterday? I mean, my little boy there, you know, he's sitting there stressed cuz he's Well, patru- I'm going, "Buddy, re- relax. This is 9-nothing. This is the Bills defense. This isn't even Tennessee or the 49ers from last year. This will be no problem. They're going to come back in 7 seconds. Relax." And that's what they did. It just yeah, you know, Bills played some good football and were fortunate early on with the muff punt, but once Kansas City got in the groove, they were unstoppable, and there was no way that Bills' defense was going to be able to stop them in any facet. Mahomes, everybody, they got it going. and it was fun to watch.
1: I-, I sense a little sibling rivalry between your boy
2: Phil and your boy Blue. <laughs> there is. There is. <laughs> My little boy is truly – it's funny because I see this with all his friends too. These young quarterbacks, they're so likable. You know, whether it's Josh Allen, Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, I mean, I feel like they just flip-flop between those four guys all year long. It's just whoever's the hot one of the week they go to, but uh, Mahomes, just amazing what we're seeing in front of us right now. He, He clearly answered the question last night. We love Josh Allen. He's a superstar. He's one of the three best quarterbacks in football. He's not quite Mahomes yet. He's not. We see Mahomes, just the way he can move, maneuver, manipulate the pocket, make every throw in the history of mankind from every which arm angle. It's very special, and he is the king of the sport. And, and here's the thing that we miss when we compare regular season
1: Mahomes to regular season Allen. You don't see playoff Mahomes in the regular season. You get glimpses of him right. in certain games. And and th- this is the reason why the Chiefs are in so many close regular season games. Everyone who is playing them is using the Chiefs as the ultimate measuring stick. Yep. And the Chiefs are just trying to survive one week at a time. You can't get yourself lathered up every single week the way the opponent is. For the opponent, it's like this is the game we circled in April. We get our shot at the Chiefs. So they do what they have to do to win, and they went 15 and well, 14 and two. They lost a meaningless game in week 17 to the Chargers, but they they win when they have to. They do what they need to do. But then when it's time to build your legacy to win in the postseason, that's when they drop the hammer on you. And I think that's fundamentally the difference. To to put the game in a nutshell, oh, yeah. we saw the real Chiefs yesterday. And the real Bills aren't nearly good enough to compete with the real Chiefs.
2: No, the the Bills are missing, you know, the the bravado, the the playoff, you know, um, what do I want to say? Battle tested mentality that Kansas City has, and as we've talked about many times, Mike, Kansas City has a handful of guys, not just one or two guys. Like you know, Buffalo's got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. That's great. But Kansas City's got a handful of, you know, what I just go, they're ballers. And what I mean by they're ballers, I mean when it's a big moment or a big game, they always pop up and they're all over the screen and you're just like, man, they're good. They have players. And, of course, you hit on the two, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, how special they are. You know, we see Chris Jones all over the place all night. The defensive secondary's got guys that rise to the challenge. Oh, wait, you don't think we can cover this group, man-to-man? Watch us. They're the constant, like – we don't think the defense can do that, and then they show us they can all the time, and uh, that to me is where the Bills need to go. They're missing, you know, one or two alphas on both sides of the ball, and it'll change their team to where maybe next year they can compete with the Kansas City and act, and actually beat them.
1: Well, and and you know, I don't want to get caught up in the narrative that you heard at the end of the game last night. If you flip on some of the other channels. You know, it's the, the and and there's a certain element of pandering to the Bills mafia because it is a powerful and potent fan base, and I don't want to be on their bad side. I don't want to be on the bad side of any mafia, especially not the Bills mafia. But this presumption that I was hearing last night—well, they'll be back here next year. They'll be back here next year. Oh Look at the Dolphins. You know, maybe the Jets real. are going to start figuring out with Robert Sala yeah. and Bill Belichick's going to have a trick or two, uh, a trick or two up off of his cutoff sleeves. I mean, there, there's the, the, you got to. When the door's open, you got to try to get through it, because you never know when the door is going to be open again. Don't just assume the Bills are going to be back in the AFC Championship next year. They're going to be different. The teams they compete with are going to be different, and they got to go back to zero and zero and they got to climb out of it. And they're going to be a team that that isn't quite at the level of Chiefs measuring stick for other teams next year, but they're going to have much more attention of everyone they play. They're the top dogs now in the AFC East, and they're going to have to try to. Get back to that spot after reaching that kind of status. So I, I, I'm i not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying let's just not assume we're going to fast forward to the AFC championship and the Bills are going to be back playing the Chiefs again next year. I don't think it's going to be quite as easy for either team, but especially not for the Bills. Sean McDermott, and we, look, we, we have said this time and again when it comes to playing the Chiefs. You need touchdowns. You need touchdowns um you can't just keep taking field goals because the chiefs are gonna score their touchdowns too many times last night the bills opted for yeah, the field goal right. Chris when you've got to score the touchdown if you're gonna have a chance against the best
2: no I mean yes yeah, yeah definitely uh, I'm with you there I think though just you know the way the game was playing out and how his offense was playing in general I think he was a little scared you know I think he's scared to you know go for it on a fourth and two you know there at the end of the first half right it's 21 to nine the the offense had not been good to that point that was really you know other than the first drive this drive before the half where they get the field goal it's one of the only good drives they have of the whole first half so I think. So why not continue it? I, you I you got know. Got the momentum. But you know, play seventy-three drive, get two more yards. I, I I get it, but I also can understand the field goal at that point, just to go. Listen, we got to go in with some momentum or something, and you cut it down, you know, to a nine-point game. I understand. I'm not going to get mad about not going for it at least at that point. Not quite yet. Not in the second quarter right there. Now, you want to get into later in the game when it was 24-12, to 12, right? And it was the third quarter. I believe they have a fourth and three if I'm, yep, on the eight-yard line. You know, th- there, okay. Th- that's when I could start going, all right, we might need to get into the time here where it's uh, the third quarter's coming to an end. You got to start thinking about touchdowns because your defense isn't looking good. Mahomes and the offense are a machine at this point. They're moving the ball at five yards at a time. We've seen Kansas City's offense, it's grown to where you want to play these conservative bullcrap, don't let them make big plays defenses, they'll pick you apart. So, Mike, I get you. I I get you. I have more of a problem with the third quarter one than I do the one at the end of the second quarter. There's
1: an old cliche that sports doesn't build character, it reveals character, and I think of that because – in these moments where the season is on the line and everything you've worked for all year long is coming down to this that's where who you are as a coach comes out and that's where you either act like Andy Reid did last week when he went for it on fourth and 1 trying to hold off the Browns saying there is no tomorrow or you you get too cautious yeah you 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 you, you you've got to have that ability to grab the brass ring when it's within reach Arians has it Reed has it, and that's one of the reasons why they're both going to be meeting in the Super Bowl in 13 days in Tampa. Let's take a break. When we return, a couple of leftover news items coming out of the conference championship games, plus coming up in about 10 minutes, a closer look at the future of Aaron Rodgers thanks to a door that was opened by no one else but him after yesterday's loss. We've got more PFT Live coming at you right after this. Bad news for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to have to deal with Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul in the Super Bowl. Worst news, Eric Fisher starting left tackle. Done wow. for the season with a torn Achilles tendon. So. Uh, They've had plenty of injuries on the offensive line for the Chiefs. When you have Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. Do you need any blockers? You and I could be the tackles. It doesn't matter. Well, He's still going to run around and buy time and find somebody open.
2: Well, yes, but it worries me a little. I mean, first off, we've seen him get hurt. Second off, he can't move the same way he normally can. We saw that last night. Yeah, he was still awesome, but he wasn't as slippery or as fast as he usually is. That worries me. Yeah, a little bit against this group. I mean, this group will steamroll you, so – uh, it is something to watch out for. And, of course, then it just emboldens – you know, it gives Tampa one more thing to go, wait, maybe we don't need to blitz. Maybe we can keep that one guy back in coverage. It, it's certainly an advantage or something to watch for here as we get into Super Bowl talk.
1: He's got two weeks for the toe to heal. And remember last year when we were so concerned about the 49ers pass rush, a yeah. better pass rush than the Buccaneers, and what happened? He kept running away from them all game long. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll doubt Mahomes for the next 13 days, and then he'll – he'll uh He'll do what he always does, which is find just enough time to throw the ball. Speaking of having enough time. Yeah. Let's let's take a look at this real quick. This was the Aaron Rodgers third down play. There's a theory out there he could have run for it on third and goal from the eight take a look at this and watch how it unfolds you see the jpp circle there i think pierre paul would have got him he slows down rogers does as he approaches the line of scrimmage to throw the ball he's right. got and got and, Dominic and sue behind him but i think that uh somebody would have got him
2: before the goal line don't you i i think so i mean if listen if he makes this initial break and just goes wait i'm running okay maybe he scores but he's looking down the field at this point. He's looking to see, wait, can I throw a touchdown pass? And, yeah, maybe if after that last pump fake, if he decide to run, maybe it's going to be close. Like you said, Sue is gaining ground on him behind him. You said JPP there. The game is not a perfect game. It's all right. So, yeah, I don't know. It would have been close. But I don't think there's any guarantee that he scores there. That's for sure.
1: And like he said, When he made that throw, he assumed he had one more shot. Another shot, and uh, he didn't. Will he have another shot with the Packers? It would have been inconceivable to have that conversation yesterday, but Rogers said some stuff after the game that invites us to speculate on his future. We'll do that next year on TFT Live.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. (laughs) <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Races, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader.